Welcome back to the Down to Earth podcast. Our guest today is the go-to doctor and skincare expert to some of the most recognizable faces in Hollywood, Dr. Nigma Talib. Her client list includes Victoria's Secret models, actresses, fashion designers, and you know that 50 Shades of Grey character that we all know and love? Yeah, him too. Dr. Nigma has more than 17 years of experience in the medical industry. Her work has been featured in renowned publications such as Goop, Vogue, Business of Fashion, and Harper's Bazaar. She is a true pioneer in the skincare and naturopathic medical world and is the author of the best-selling book, Younger Skin Starts in the Gut. Dr. Nigma began her career in London and now has a thriving private practice in Beverly Hills. We're very excited to explore Dr. Nigma's philosophies on how to best take care of your skin and overall health. Here we go. Welcome to the Down to Earth Podcast. We're your hosts, sibling duo, Jonathan and Lorena. In this podcast, we'll be spilling the tea on all things health and wellness related. This podcast is designed to motivate you to take care of your physical, mental, and spiritual health. We'll be bringing on doctors, healers, fitness experts, business leaders, and innovators. Thanks for joining us in our mission of making the world a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Here we go. Hi, Dr. Nigma Talib. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're super excited to be chatting with you. We've both been huge fans of your amazing work for many, many years, and you have such a great reputation in both the medical and the skincare industry, and we're really excited to hear all about your amazing tips and findings. Well, I'm excited to share them with you. So you've had a really amazing career in the medical industry, and you come from a naturopathic medical background. So I'm curious to know what inspired you to pursue naturopathic medicine. Since I was a young girl, I used to watch an aunt of mine, and she was a surgeon. She did reconstructive breast surgery, and I really looked up to her. And I wanted to go into becoming a surgeon, just like her. It wasn't until my mid-teens that I started having progressively worse eczema and irritable bowel syndrome, which is what it was diagnosed as, which we all know is BS at the end of the day. It's not really IBS. It's a cop-out diagnosis. (laughs) And my father took me to see a naturopathic doctor. And because I'd been suffering for so many years, conventional healthcare models weren't working for me. So I went to see this naturopathic doctor. And literally within three months, I was 100% better. Within two weeks, I was like 50% better. So the progression of how amazing food and the gut microbiome, all of those aspects of looking at the underlying cause of why somebody gets issues like eczema or dermatitis or IBS or any gut issues really stems from what you're eating and your gut microbiome balance. And so that's how I got really interested. And I thought, you know, this is the kind of doctor I want to be. I want to be a doctor that is actually going to help people at the root cause. That's amazing. And I commend you so much for taking a personal challenge and experience that you had and allowing that to fuel your passion and your career and all the amazing work that you've accomplished. Of course. I think when you're really passionate about what you do, you're passionate about it because you've experienced it on some level. And I think I'm really lucky that I had that opportunity to go and see a naturopathic doctor and get that really that one-on-one and being able to take care of myself and put myself in the driver's seat instead of relying on somebody to help me feel better. 
That's wonderful. And I couldn't agree more about making sure that you're passionate about your work and allowing that to really guide you. And so you studied naturopathic medicine and you clearly were really drawn to skincare. And I'm curious what findings of yours in naturopathic medicine really inspired you to take the focus on skincare? Well, I mean, it started with the eczema and I really got to see firsthand how not going on steroid medications and actually dealing with the foods that you're eating and fixing the gut microbiome and fixing the intestinal mucosa can really help things like eczema, which are really, you know, when, if you have a really bad case and it's persistent and irritating, it can actually really affect your sleep. It can affect your health in so many ways. So when I started practicing naturopathic medicine, of course, who did I get? Lots of eczema patients, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's always that way. And I started to help them, you know, get better. But then I started, as I started hitting my 30s, I started being more concerned about also premature aging. And what I was finding is that when I would treat a patient holistically, they didn't have to have eczema to have a result, they started telling me that actually people are asking me what I'm doing. And they said I've anti-aged by five to 10 years. Like, what am I doing? And I didn't do both. You know, they would say I didn't do Botox. I didn't do any of those things. I literally changed my diet. I saw Dr. Nigma. I took her supplements and I feel better. And that's when I started also realizing that there's an inside job when it comes to premature aging and anti-aging But there also is an outside job. The inside job is most important because that's your foundation. But topically, what can you put on your skin that's going to really help? And I found a gap in the market of really safe and effective skincare products. And hence how I got into working with scientists in Switzerland and in France and Italy. And living in the UK, it was a really good I was introduced to these wonderful scientists and I was able to produce my own skincare line and supplements. So like an inside out approach. It's amazing. And you do have an incredible, incredible line of skincare products and supplements. And we have many questions about those things. And you also are an author of an incredible best-selling book, which is called Younger Skin Starts in the Gut. We're both huge fans of the book. We learned so much from reading it. And so I'd like to know a little bit more about the gut-skin connection and how our gut and our exterior appearance and skin are really related. They are. I always use the analogy because I like learning in ways when people teach me give me analogies. So I always like to teach my patients in the same way. I look at it as a car dashboard. So your face is the dashboard, your car is your body. So basically, when you have something wrong with your body, the dashboard, which is the skin on your face or whatever's happening on your face, gives an indication that something is going on. Now, we know most of your immune system is located in your gut. And we know that a lot of skin issues, eczema, acne, all of those are related by the immune system. So whenever you fix whatever is happening in the gut, I mean, all disease starts in the gut and gets cured in the gut. If you work on the gut, then you're going to help your skin. And now it's not a immediate gratification process. And again, this is, I think, why people you know, drop the boat on this area is because they want immediate gratification. Take a pill, 
get an immediate result. It's more of a long-term result, but the key is, is that you get the result and it's not a band-aid approach. It actually is getting to the root cause. So I kept correlating the gut issues, gut inflammation with skin issues. And the correlation is so important. And that's why I created the four phases of aging in my book. Absolutely. And it's interesting because oftentimes if someone has an outbreak on their skin or some acne, of course, topicals can be wonderful, but oftentimes people will go to just something to dry it up. Or we see young girls going on birth control or Accutane, which oftentimes will just suppress the underlying issue that our body might be trying to tell us. Absolutely. You know, our body is talking to us through, you know, the actions of what's showing up on our skin. You know, for example, I talk about dairy face and, you know, you get the dark circles under the eyes, the puffy eyelids, you can get acne. And then you have wine face, which is sagging of the skin, redness of the skin. And then you have sugar face, which is similar to wine face, but you have more widespread acne. Think of sugar equals sagging skin. And then you have gluten face, which is puffiness of the skin, some acne and pigmentation. So I kept seeing a correlation between people eating certain foods and what their face was looking like. And I would literally have a patient come into my office and I say, you have gluten face. I would say, and they say, how did you know? <laughs> and I'd amazing. be like, I can see it. And so I would just call them all sorts of names, my poor patients. They still put up with me. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think it's brilliant that you know you really came up with this face mapping. And it is so true that when you do consume foods or beverages in those categories, it really does show up on your face. And I really enjoy that section of your book. Now, we both you know, try to obviously avoid any added sugar in the products that we consume. We are fans of fruits in the morning, and we do have fruits throughout the day at some point. What do you think about fruits in relation to sugar consumption and the effect that it might have on our skin? Oh gosh, sugar consumption is, there's so many things with sugar. I mean, it not only affects your skin, again, your dashboard telling you what's happening. Think of sugar as sticky, right? So whenever sugar is um, melted or anything like that, it's sticky. So when you think of sugar, it causes your white blood cells to be more sticky. It causes your collagen to be more sticky. And when all of those are sticky, what is going to happen is it's going to cause them to not work efficiently. So you're going to have issues with your immune system. You're going to have issues with your skin. And when you have those two interplaying together, forget diabetes, heart disease, and all those things, because those are going to happen as well. But it is quite spectacular, the changes you can see in somebody's skin when they are consuming sugar. I can completely tell when somebody's having sugar in their diet. It's really impressive. And I totally agree. In addition to how sluggish and unhealthy you might feel after consuming large amounts of sugar, it definitely does impact your skin as well. 100%. So what are some of your favorite foods that support a healthy gut, good skin, anti-aging foods? I'm a big fan of eating the rainbow. And I know we hear this over and over again, but they're so rich in antioxidants, the deep purples, like any kind of vegetables that are rich in different colors, steaming them, putting them in stews, adding them to pasta sauces and things like that. Really important to get those nutrients in as much as possible because as it is, our soil is deficient in nutrients so that it means that we're going to have to eat more of these foods that are going to give us fiber, that are going to give us antioxidants, support our mitochondrial function, which as we know, the mitochondrial function is super important. Every cell in your body has a mitochondria, almost 1,500 of them per cell, which is about a fifth of every cell has these powerhouses in them, these 
mitochondria, which basically for those of you listening, mitochondria is important for energy. Think of an energy hydrostation in every cell in your body. And if their mitochondria aren't working optimally, your body is not going to work optimally. So you're going to have muscle pain, you're going to have fatigue, you're going to have brain fog. All of these things are caused by mitochondrial dysfunction. So it's super, super important to eat the rainbow, eat the antioxidants, stay away from preservatives, stay away from plastics, not consume too much alcohol, tobacco smoking, all of those things destroy the mitochondria. I think it's so important to remember that there are so many healthy foods that are available to us that still taste great. I feel like, you know, you have the four categories that you spoke about. And for a lot of people, they might see that and think, wow, that's so limiting restriction. How do you do it? But when you really focus on what you could have, there's so much more that you could have than you can't have. So it really is manageable. You know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because I always tell my patients, I'm like, why don't we focus what you can have? Do you like this vegetable? Do you like that vegetable? And they always say yes. So a really good way to get people to do things is focus on what they could have and educate them on the foods that might not be good for them and not might not are not good for them and give them a choice and say, you are choosing to do this because you are choosing to feel better. And also looking at this as an 80-20 rule. I mean, listen, I love my wine and, you know, of course, I've traveled all over Europe and had all the delicious wines. When in Rome, do those things. Enjoy those things. Be in the moment. Because it's almost worse depriving yourself of that and then expecting yourself, you know, because you feel awful when you're cheating, for example. Yeah. And that word even cheating just makes you feel awful. So I think in that respect, we can give ourselves the 80-20 rule and allow ourselves to have certain foods that we absolutely love, right? Instead of shaming ourselves about it and saying, oh God, my bad, I shouldn't have done that, you know? Exactly. I totally agree with that mindset. And I think that when you approach it with that mindset, it makes it more of a lifestyle that you could really be committed to for the long term. And that's when you really see the results and live your healthiest life. I agree. Yeah. And so lately, well, not even lately, I mean, from the past decade or so, but especially over the last few years, uh, fasting and cleanses have become more and more popular mm-hmm. in the marketplace. I'm curious what your take is on fasting and on the effect that it might have on our skin. You know, I am, in terms of fasting, I think we have to be careful. Everybody's jumped on the bandwagon, the whole fasting thing. And, and I think it's great. I think we eat way too much. I think you have to base it individual to individual. If you are a perimenopausal or menopausal woman, the research on fasting was intermittent fasting was done on men. Now, women are different. We respond very differently to fasting in general. We do better with a heavy breakfast, a lighter lunch, and an even lighter dinner. That is what is hormonally supportive for women in their perimenopause to menopause. And those women end up losing weight and feeling better. When women do this intermittent fasting for a longer period of time, I see the opposite results. So you have to be careful with your adrenally burnt out perimenopausal to menopausal women. So that's the only thing. And I always recommend see a naturopathic doctor before you start any kind of diet, because we are experts. And actually what functional medicine is, is naturopathic medicine. People are just calling it functional medicine because they're not naturopathic doctors. 
We've been doing this forever. And it's great that everybody's jumped on the bandwagon, but it has to be done right. And it's really dangerous to go out there and tell people to start a specific diet that goes for everyone. Having said that, when I talk about my four faces of aging, gluten, sugar, dairy, and wine, they are 100%. Those four foods and drink that I mentioned are 100% not good for anyone to consume. So that's why I created those four faces. Diets are something else, you know, and I think they really need to be individualized. I agree with you. And that's one of the things with social media, while it can be great and it provides a lot of information to people, it's very easy to see what one influencer or someone that you follow on Instagram is doing, but you have to understand that it's what may work for them may not work for you. And going to see a professional who will taper to your individual needs is probably best. I agree. Are there any other trends in the nutrition industry that you think can be dangerous for our skin, like any other diet trends? Yes. I think, okay, well, I'll start with topically. People putting oil on their skin makes absolutely no sense to me. It congests. Every patient I take off the oil that they put on their skin, they are less congested. So number one, putting oil on your skin doesn't make sense. We make our own oil. So Mm -hmm. why would we add oil? Hyaluronic acid, plant stem cells, all of those things are great. They are going to help your barrier. They're going to help with increasing the amount of water that goes to the skin and nourishes the skin. On the other hand, oil does not. So that's one thing. In terms of orally for for skin, I don't know. There's a bunch of products out there that claim that it's good for skin. Really, at the end of the day, your basic vitamin A, C, E, zinc, selenium, vitamin D, major, major for skin and iodine. So if you have all of those vitamins in enough dosages where it's supporting your organs, like your thyroid, sorry, your glands, like your thyroid, why somebody has dry skin, you always want to look at the why. Those I think are super important. So any other like myths of like different berries to help your skin, that on its own is not going to help the skin. Definitely. And even with diet trends, I feel like there's ketogenic diets and all of these different diets. And oftentimes you'll see someone you know, who might be following it rigorously and after months, their skin looks aged. So I think that, you know, just following a diet trend because it's popular doesn't mean it's going to give you the result in your skin and in your overall health that you're really searching for. Yeah, I agree. It's so totally true. One man's poisons, another man's medicine, right? Definitely. And I know that you're also a fan of supplements and you're really particular about the quality of supplements, which we are as well. Which supplements do you find people need the most or have the lowest levels of overall? Really interesting. Vitamin A is never talked about. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. why, because it's everyone is so deficient in vitamin A. And yes, we can say we get it in vegetables and brightly orange vegetables, but it's not enough. You have everybody out there, everybody in their dog has vitamin A deficiency (laughs) and it affects your vision. It affects mucous membrane infections. So vitamin A is a big one. It's super, super anti-aging. It's super good for dry skin. It's good for your immune function. Vitamin C, we all know, is the heavenly product, and everybody is now taking vitamin C. You can't buy vitamin C anywhere. It's sold out (laughs) everywhere. It's like, finally. And then we have E. Vitamin E is super important for mitochondrial and function. And then we have things like selenium, super important, our minerals for our thyroid function, zinc for wound healing and immune function. Those are, in my opinion, the largest sort of deficiency states that I see people in. 
That's really interesting. And I feel like another supplement category that's become very popular over the last few years is probiotics. And they're Mm -hmm. adding it to so many things, but it doesn't mean that that's the right source of probiotics that you should be ingesting. I know you have a great probiotic supplement as well. So can you talk a little bit about probiotics, what we should be looking for and the effect that it could have on, of course, our gut health, our skin and overall health? Yeah. So that's another thing. A lot of people are coming out with probiotics because everybody's wanting to benefit their gut microbiome, which is so great because finally people are understanding that the wellness of your gut is going to be the wellness of your body. There are important different sort of strains of probiotics. And my favorite strain and the most researched strain out there is a DDS-1 strain. It's a highly resistant strain of probiotic. The only probiotic to date that has been able to survive the stomach acidity, because we know the stomach is super acidic Mm -hmm. and it flourishes in your intestinal mucosa. And I've created a probiotic with the DDS-1 strain with grapeseed extract as well. The grapeseed extract works as an antioxidant to keep the probiotic in the gut lumen for a longer period of time. And some probiotics work for some people. So I also say, if you're using something and it's working for you, then stick with it. Don't try to fix what's not broken. Definitely. I think that's super important to keep in mind and experimenting with yourself and seeing how you feel from either a supplement or a food item and how you react to it is super important. And something else that we have in common with you is our love for herbs and adaptogens. And I am curious what some of your favorite herbs and adaptogens are for, of course, overall health, but also for good skin. Oh gosh, how much time? (laughs) I love adaptogens. (laughs) I do too. Yeah. And it really helps with fatigue and helps mental performance. There's been a lot of research also at Harvard looking at integrative approaches to adaptogens. So there's like a lot of research on adaptogens. I love ashwagandha. It's one of my favorite. favorite. I've been using ashwagandha for my whole career, so 20 years. And astragalus is also not used that much. And I'm not sure why, because it's such a good at not only helping with fatigue, but sort of balancing the T helper cells and T suppressor cells in the immune system. You know, I love licorice, rhodiola. I mean, rhodiola is incredibly supportive to adrenal support. And that's super important right now because a lot of people are very, very stressed. Mm -hmm. So those are some of my favorite adaptogens and I try to take them regularly. Now, over the last few years, it seems that there's been a big focus change that it was strictly aesthetic and people were just trying to make sure their skin looked nice for one particular event. And now we see a much more whole-minded approach towards looking and feeling your best. And I know you have quite a list of celebrity clients. So do you find it interesting that now it's much more popular to look at, you know, the whole-minded approach and always looking and feeling your best versus just for a red carpet event? A lot of my patients are not so into like Botox and fillers and plastic surgery. They come to me because they want to have their inside skin look good so that their outside skin looks good. And it's incredible how when they follow the plan in my book, they feel better, they look better. Their trainers are like, Who, what are you doing? Because your body is responding so well. So it's all of these things together that it's no longer about Botox and fillers because 
everybody looks the same with that. And it's actually the new old. It makes yes. you look old. And you know, a lot of my clients recognize that and they recognize that that's not what beauty is. And just having those beautiful fine lines and wrinkles are absolutely gorgeous to have. It's just having clear, even-toned skin which to me is the true beauty. And so that's what a lot of my clients are looking for and why they come to me. That's wonderful. And I think, of course, from an aesthetic standpoint, that's great. You know, you want to look your age, but look healthy and happy and well. But I also think from a mental standpoint, that's great because then you're actually able to be happy in whatever phase of life you're in rather than just trying to sort of stay stuck in a specific period of your life. Exactly. Now, on the topic of anti-aging remedies, um, obviously nutrition plays a huge part in our skin and how we look and how we feel. But in addition to nutrition, what are some of the other remedies that you have found to be really effective for both anti-aging and just overall skin health? Obviously, diet is super important, but I try to use other things like supplements with collagen in them. Because our skin, you know, by the time we hit 30, we lose our elasticity, our joints start to ache. You know, those are all aging uh, parts of what the joys of aging. But we, I also, you know, along with diet, having a really good collagen to take every day is not only good for your joints and your muscles, and it improves the skin appearance. I use um, marine collagen because marine collagen has been able to get into it's a smaller peptide, so you can get into the cells quicker. And I have very good success with using marine collagen. I do a lot of microneedling with PRP. That's a lot of my patients come to me for. So I use NAD injections and subcutaneous. I'll use other kinds of peptides that will help sort of support growth hormone, bioidentical hormones are important. So I use, like I have a big tool bag and I just use from my tool bag what different patients need. And not everybody's the same. The diet is a foundation and then the supplements are everything I put on top. Kind of like the icing on the cake, if you will. Now for some of our viewers that may have not heard of PRP or microneedling, can you tell us a little bit more about the process and the effect that it has on our skin? PRP is platelet-rich plasma. It's a treatment that stimulates collagen production. So I you know, numb the skin and then I basically use a device that's an FDA device. It's a microneedling device. And I roll the needles over the face and I will have had spun the blood of the patient, taken the blood, spun the blood, and collected the platelet-rich plasma. And then I basically put the platelet-rich plasma, looks like a golden broth, over the face, and then I needle it into the skin. And the benefits are incredible. I recommend doing you know one every six weeks for about six treatments. Everybody's different, but it's really great for acne scars as well. It's really good for collagen production, elasticity, there is some downtime. So, you know, a lot of people who have events obviously need to take that into consideration or people with eczema or rosacea, we have to make sure we assess the patient individually. But I've been doing this treatment for almost my entire career. And then recently I was featured on the Goop Lab giving Gwyneth Paltrow a PRP microneedling treatment, which was super fun. I uh, saw that. <laughs> yeah, she was coming in for the treatment anyways. And then she called me and she said, Hey, do you want to film this? And I said, 
sure. Yeah. Let's film it. She's like, yeah, but on Netflix. And I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) So uh, thank you. It was, she did great. I mean, she always gets the treatment without any numbing. She's such a superstar, but we had to numb her face for the filming. She doesn't love the feeling of having a numb face, but she was great. Yeah. That's awesome. I know when I did PRP, I definitely uh, opted (laughs) for the numbing cream. (laughs) Yes. Me too. (laughs) Now for someone who's just starting to take the extra effort to take care of their skin, what would be some top tips, maybe some top three tips that you would recommend that they incorporate into their skincare routine? Well, I would definitely make sure that they get on a very, very good cleanser because if you're not cleaning your skin, nothing's going to penetrate in. So something that's rich in glycolic and salis- or, and or salicylic with hyaluronic acid, that's why I created my own cleanser because I couldn't find anything out there that would do all of those things. And so like a cleanser that has some alpha hydroxy acids in it, that's going to resurface the skin. And then you want a really good serum that's rich in hyaluronic acid, plant stem cells. And then you just want to top that off with a protective cream that has also plant stem cells in it. Mine has also jellyfish collagen. And so there are different products out there. You know, there's a lot of good products on goop.com. I really like some of their skincare in addition to my skincare which is on healthydoc.com. So, you know, I work with those two kind of brands, a Goop brand and my brand. I really just use three products, a cleanser, a serum, and a cream, and sunscreen, sorry, four products. So I'll use a sunscreen on top of my moisturizer every day. And what I love about your approach is it's not overwhelming because sometimes you see these skincare routines that have like 10 or 12 products. And I think that can be so overwhelming. And another thing I love about your product is how amazing the ingredients are. So what ingredients should we be weary of when we're looking for skincare? Because I think marketing now can be very misleading. You want to look for clean, non-toxic, obviously brands that don't have any sort of chemicals in them. And you want to make sure, I mean, they don't need to be organic because to me, that doesn't really mean anything. If I'm honest, they just have to have something in there that, I mean, they can't have any formalin or obviously any carcinogenic products, parabens and things like that are super worrisome because they affect estrogen levels. Obviously looking for the cleanest possible product you can, because your skin is your largest organ. And so you have to be careful what you put on it gets absorbed. Exactly. And I think people have to really remember that your skin absorbs everything. So just like you want to be very diligent with the ingredients that you allow into your body, you should also be really careful with the ingredients that you put onto your skin. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Now you mentioned SPF, and I know that now you mainly spend your time in Los Angeles, which is wonderful. We love it out there. And I'm curious if you're a fan of spending time in the sun, because so many people fear the impact that the sun and spending time outdoors might have on their skin. I know. It's it's such a confusing thing. It really depends on your skin type. I'm not going to give you a straight answer because there isn't one. If you have really pale skin and you have predisposition towards skin cancer, you have to be extra careful. On the other hand, if you have darker skin like myself, you're going to be more prone to pigmentation. So either way you cut it, you have to be careful. There's nothing wrong with going out and spending some time in the sun. And ideally, what is the research done is whole body skin exposure to sun for at least 20 minutes is what is required. But who's going to be standing out naked on their balcony for 
20 minutes a day getting vitamin D. I don't think any of us do that. And if we did, our neighbors would probably call the police on us. But in any case, indecent exposure. So I'm not sure to answer your question. I think moderation in moderation. So spend some time in the sun. I think it's really good for the brain. Everybody loves sitting in the sun. If you see dogs sitting anywhere, they're always going to choose an area where there's sun. They'll always sit in the sun. So we need sun just as much as they do. So I think it's important for your mental health to get some sun. But, you know, wear a hat, wear sunglasses, protect your skin and see how you go and be careful and get routine, get your skin checked routinely and also learn how to check your skin for any kind of uh, sinister looking lesions that might come about. And we have three dogs and they're just always sitting in the backyard sunbathing. So they're definitely getting their vitamin D. (laughs) They definitely know what's going on. Exactly. (laughs) Now, another big part of our life obviously is sleep and stress. And of course, I'm sure that has a big impact on our skin. So can you talk a little bit about the influence that it has on our skin and what we can be doing to reduce our stress? Number one, sleep is super important. And getting rid of your phone at night is one of the most important things because that blue light, it can actually make you, you're not going to sleep very well. If you've been checking your Instagram or you're being on your phone right before you go to bed, you won't have a great sleep. What I'm trying to do is wean myself off. I don't look at it right before bed, but it's still in my room. I'm trying to, what my friend does is she sticks her phone in another room and that's going to be a bit of a process for me, but I'm getting there. But you know, try to put your phone on airplane mode so you don't have those you know, frequencies in your bedroom. Your bedroom should be sleep and sex. That's it. There shouldn't that. be anything else happening in the bedroom. And we know that not sleeping enough can cause premature aging because it can cause cortisol level fluctuations. So that's a whole other topic. But sleep is super important. Meditation is super important. We know that meditation helps calm down cortisol levels and help people with anxiety. So sleep and meditation is super important and super important for the skin. It will help your skin age less quickly, for lack of a better word. Very important. Awesome. Thanks for those tips. Now, you're clearly very motivated and determined and a very big inspiration to me. So I'm really curious how you start your days and what your morning routine looks like. Right now, because we're quarantined, obviously I have to put myself in a routine because it helps me stay consistent. So I'll wake up, make my bed, brush my teeth. I will have my bone broth in the morning or I'll make my turmeric latte and I'll have a bowl of gluten-free oatmeal topped with some sugar-free almond milk and I'll put some cinnamon in there and some cooked apples and that will be my breakfast. And then I will take the dog to the park get my little dog for a walk and then come back and start my day. And then at around, I'll have, what I'll do is whatever I prepare for lunch, I'll eat that throughout the day. I won't eat like one full sitting at lunch. I'll eat parts of my lunch at lunch and then eat another part, maybe a couple hours later. And then if I'm not hungry, I just won't even eat dinner. Oh, I forgot to say, I'll also have a protein smoothie. And I might do that like later instead of having a big dinner. And that's it. And it's super easy. I try to be very mindful about eating and how I feel when I eat instead of eating mindlessly and not knowing if you're full, because I think all those things are super important. When you eat too much, you feel just exhausted after. 
because yeah. most of your energy is pushed into trying to digest your food. So I try not to eat too much in one go. And that's, I think, really super healthy, especially for me, my age group and you know my current body type. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because our bodies give us all the answers, right? So we usually set this regimen like, okay, I'm going to eat breakfast at this time, lunch is at this time, dinner at this time, but our body gives us cues. And by being aware of those cues, I think that we're able to satisfy our body's needs and let it regenerate itself. Perfect. Yeah, I agree. Are there any mottos or quotes that you like to live by? Well, I think we spend the first half of our lives trying to get wealthy and the second half trying to get healthy. Let's make our health a number one priority. And especially now more than ever, I think people are recognizing how important that is. I love that. And that's so true. I think that, you know, health really is the greatest wealth and people need to realize while they still, you know, have the opportunity to take care of their health and, you know, do the things that their body needs so that they could truly be wealthy where it matters the most. I couldn't agree more. Now, we are both huge fans of your book, and we highly recommend it to everybody listening. Are there any other either lifestyle or health-related books, movies, or TV shows that you really like and can recommend? Well, definitely the Goop Lab. If you haven't seen the Goop Lab, everybody needs to see the Goop Lab. In, in terms of books, I love the book by Will Cole, The Inflammatory Spectrum. So that's a really good one to read if anybody's looking at inflammation. It's just filled with ideas on you know different foods for anti-inflammatory. It's called The Inflammation Spectrum, my apologies. And that's by Will Cole. I really love that one. Awesome. And there's a lot of time now to read during quarantine. So Anyone listening should definitely go pick up that book. Now, you're very accomplished and you've done so much. What's next for you? Any new goals or interesting projects that you're working on? So currently, I am putting together a new vitamin C product that is coming out in the next six weeks. It's the only true liposomal vitamin C on the market that will be on the market to date. So I'm very, very, very excited about that. It's incredible. And we're huge fans of liposomal vitamin C. And so we definitely will be ordering yours. We'll be keeping in touch to see when it launches and we'll definitely be giving it a try. I'm excited about that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now I'm curious if you could give your 20 year old self any advice, whether it be health related, business related, or just lifestyle related, what would that advice be? Stop eating so much dairy. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Because I ate a lot of dairy and it really, like I knew I wasn't supposed to as well, but Let's see. I don't know. What would I give myself my advice as as a 20-year-old? Yeah, just continue to go after what your dreams are. I know I second-guessed myself a lot, but then I ended up hammering through it. So just follow your dreams and they do come true. That is if you really put passion into them and it's right for you, it will happen. I totally agree. And, you know, it's great to hear that for anyone listening. I think that's very uplifting. Now, for anyone who wants to get in touch with you, who wants to learn more about your work or has any questions about how they could see you, what are the best ways to reach out to you? They can reach out to me on my website at healthydoc.com. Wonderful. So for anyone out there, definitely reach out to Dr. Nigma. You'll learn a lot and elevate your health and your wellness. Thank you so much for joining us on our episode today with Dr. Nigma Talib. Dr. Talib is such a pioneer in the health and wellness and skincare industry, and we're super grateful to have been able to chat with her today. Some tips that you can leave with today are one, don't just do what you see on social media. Skincare is a lot more individualized and do what feels right for you. 
What may work for one person may not work for you. So just, you know, make sure you're listening to your body. Two, make sure you're eating healthy, nutritious foods that are supporting your goals and pay attention if you're eating something that may be causing your skin to get red or cause a breakout, perhaps try eliminating that food and see if that's supporting your goals. And make sure to use clean skincare products. It's a lot simpler than you may think. Look for paraben-free ingredients and make sure you look at the back of the label to make sure that all the ingredients are supporting your health. As always, keep sending us your emails at podcast at drinkdowntoearth.com or you can send us a message on our Instagram handle at drinkdte. Cheers. Now it's time for you to go out there and do at least one small thing to better your health today. Always choose to make your life a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Until next time. Cheers to good health.